yourself into somebody that doesn't have his character. Because it'll ruin you. Number two, there will be unusual miracles. Unusual miracles. Unusual miracles. Number three, unusual power this year. When Randy McLean prophesied over me, he said, the Lord is releasing you, releasing the 100% of the power that he's had in you. But he's held, held it back to 40% all these years because the people couldn't take it. So we must have some people that can handle it now. 40%. How, how, how do you want me to find power? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah. Yes. But primarily, it's 100%. And I, I remember this when Brother McIntyre prophesied over me on the phone 15 years ago. And it things shot through me three times, went out my toes. And I wanted to run around that office down Waters Avenue. I still remember it today. That was 15, 18 years ago. He said, thus saith the Lord, I'm taking you to a high calling. You will receive a double portion of my anointing. You will cast de devils out of my people. I said, this must be the devil prophesying this. I didn't know, God, I didn't know God's people could have devils. Because I was just a three-year-old baby Christian. He said, you will walk in the... He said, I'm going to give you wisdom naturally and, and spiritually to be able to communicate to the most intelligent of man. And you will walk in the fullness of my power. So the fullness of power is the ability. The same power that Jesus walked in. He said there'll be unusual suddenlies. Don't you love those suddenlies? That was number four. Un suddenlies. Like something suddenly came to you. A sudden revelation, a sudden blessing. Something suddenly has come. Something that you thought was dead for a long time finally come. And number five, God will do things that won't make sense. So those are associated with the 100% of power. He'll do things that won't make sense. And all this is tied to my character. It's all tied to your character. But what makes this cycle mega? So you might want to write these down. What makes it mega? Number one, unfulfilled promises. Unfulfilled promises. Number two, unfulfilled dreams. Promises and dreams. Unfulfilled uh, callings. Number three, unfulfilled callings. Number four, unfulfilled visions. I know a lot of us get visions from the Lord, dreams from the Lord. Unfulfilled visions is number four. Number five, unfulfilled purposes. We most, most of us know God's will by now, but do we know his purpose? Number six, unfulfilled prayers will happen this year. I know this will bless a lot of us. Unfulfilled prophecies will happen this year. This is all that's in the mega cycle. This is what makes it a mega cycle. Number eight, unreleased 
unreleased resources, resources that have been held back are going to be released. And last one, number nine, unreleased signs, wonders, and miracles. Even in this house, we have not experienced the miracles, the creative miracles, and all that we should be experiencing. And that could be within the 100% of God's power that he's talking about. He's releasing power. So character, character will bring you into the cycle. And it's not your character. You remember the doorway of change vision? That doorway of change vision is nothing but, in fact, the trial is nothing but a character exchange when you go into a trial. A character exchange. Amen. When you go into a trial. So remember, Jesus is coming back for a bride, not a temple. We've got to have a changed mindset, don't we? See, on this chart right here, this is the temple works. This is the, the area that character is built. This is the rebellious stage. Because we are not rebellious, but the spirit of the age puts rebellion in us so we can't exchange the character of God. We can't get that exchange. And this is the worshiping bride. How do you know you're a worshiping bride if you can worship for four to six hours and not be tired? That's how you know you made it to that third row right there. Or all day. I've done it all day before. Second Corinthians seven one. In fact, this this second this this row right here where character is built, that's the 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 area that God is getting mixtures out of us. Mixtures, contamination. Second Corinthians seven one. Therefore, since these great promises, which is in the mega cycle, are ours. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates and defiles the body and the spirit and bring our con consecration to completeness. And here's the key in the fear of God. In the fear of God. Not only reverential fear, but you just got to get to the place where you just hate evil. You hate the devil when he gets you off track. 2 Corinthians 7 1. That's a good one for a doorway of change. So in the temple, when you see the temple up here on this on this chart, in the temple, God is about 60%, he said. He said, There's 60% of me, there's 20% of flesh. And there's 20% of familiar spirits. Familiar spirits familiar, familiarize themselves with what you're asking God for. And they bring it before it's time. You're going to be very careful. Because God's going to build character before he brings the desire of the heart. So mixtures come when we compromise truth. Anytime we compromise the truth, the mixture just came in. And contaminations, mixtures 
and contaminations are two different things. Mixtures is when we compromise. Contamination comes from false doctrine. Hyper grace. You know what hyper grace is? That you can do anything and God still got you covered. You can have sex with somebody else and come up here and preach the word. And that's going on out there. Apostates. Hyper grace. Another thing is contamination is God is love, not judgment. That's where the homosexuals come in a lot. God is love, not judgment. God never said he was love. He said, I, I'm the great I am. The fruit of that is love. I'm not love. I'm Gene Hall. But I can bear the fruit of love. So God is the great I am. But he bears the fruit of love. Here's, a, here's another one, contamination. By wrong associations. If you're in a place and you don't feel right, whether it's in, in a restaurant, whether it's in another church, whether it's in, where, if you don't feel right, you better run. There's something trying to get in you. I think that was it. So now, character. Let's look at the character. The end time glory is subject to the character of the bride for its outpouring. The end time glory is subject to the character of God for its outpouring of the bride. The Holy Spirit made us the temple of God. And our spirit, man, right here, we are the temple of God. The revealed word of God applied makes here us the bride being whole. When this is transformed and this is renewed, then the bride is in the temple. Jesus said we are his bride. And Jesus said he is coming for his bride. Well, it tells you he ain't coming 2,000 years because the bride is not in the temple yet. We're still a temple. Till that mind is transformed into what? What is the mind transformed into? We are transformed into the image of God. The Bible says we are the image, but have we been transformed into it? Transformation has to take place first. As soon as revelation is opened up to you, transformation is the first step of revelation's work. But then it says you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because without re renewing the mind, you'll never uphold transformation. You can't uphold it. So transformation is the image of God. Renewing, who remembers, is what? The likeness of God. Transformation is not the character of God. It's the renewing. Because now we are in his likeness. Likeness is his character. My character is like him now. This progression that we're talking about from moving from the temple to the bride in the temple to a glorious bride 
this progression is subject to what? What is this progression subject to? Obedience. Obedience. So the revelation that you get is not for nobody but you. Amen. <laughs> if you hadn't become it, it's not ready for the people yet. We get a lot of revelations. Sometimes I want to get it out there real quick. But it'll mess up people if you haven't become it. Because while you're becoming it, the Lord is preparing them to receive it. Amen. Because, listen, I want to make sure there's blood on my sword. That when that word comes in you, it's going deep. And it's got some blood on it. Amen. It's piercing. It's dividing. There's going to be blood. So the progression is subject to obedience. When Jesus, we move from Jesus being Savior to Jesus being Master to Jesus being what? Lord. I remember when the Lord had me casting out devils, doing exorcisms, everything when I was a four-year-old baby Christian. Had a zeal for God. I was going after everything. But I remember, I remember saying, Master, I thank you. Every time I went to cast out a demon, I would say, Master, I thank you. Until, until the mind is, is transformed and renewed, he's still your master. You're still a slave to Christ. I want to be a son, not a slave. So when the mind is transformed and renewed, we move from calling him master to Lord. Jesus will never lord over the old wineskin. Until the mind is transformed and renewed, he's still savior in your life. He lords over the new wineskin. Because the new wineskin is the only thing that can handle the revelation that he gave you. Otherwise, your head would blow off. All this is done through character development. Character development. Here's the definition of character. People think character is your personality. Character is not your personality. Character is three things. The way we think, the way we feel, and the way we behave. That's character. The way we think, the way we feel, and the way we behave. Who's got an amplified Bible that can read a scripture for me? Give me a mic. We have a mic up here. Our projector, our projector is in Texas. Hopefully it'll be here by before Saturday. We had to get it repaired. Praise the Lord. Go to Romans 5 1 in the Amplified. So character, think. I want to think like God. I want to feel like God. And I want to behave like God. And the only way that you'll know how he thinks and how he he feels and how he behaves is that when you receive that revelation and become it, then you'll know. You can't go in there and read the letter of the word 
and, and see these scriptures that say you have to be humble, you have to be meek, you have to be this and this and this. But it, if it hadn't been revealed to you, it's not going to do you any good. Go ahead, Kim. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Now, I want, to, I want you to catch something here, if I can get this out. It says, we are justified by the Holy Spirit, giving our spirit right standing with God. Isn't that right? Now I have right standing with God. The fruit of right standing with God is peace. Peace. Right standing means that you are firmly and safely standing in a position in God. Firmly and safely standing in a position with God. The devil can't touch that position. The devil cannot move you from that position. It's firmly fixed. You can't be moved by the Spirit. You can be moved by your head, but the Spirit's going to stay in that position. So this is the church age, the born-again age. I call it the temple age, is justification, right standing with God. That is the church age. That is the, 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 the born-again age, the temple age. So when people ask you, what's the church age? Now you'll know. Okay, Kim, read Romans 5, 2. Through him also we have our access, our entrance and introduction by faith into this grace, state of God's favor, in which we firmly and safely stand. And let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Notice what it says. There's a twofold work of grace happening here. Now, I want you to catch this because he says now we have access into the grace that we're standing in. Now, follow me in this now. I want you to catch this. So, notice between verse 1 and 2 that there is a twofold work of grace happening here. The first one, the first work of grace, is grace, it's the grace that justifies and gives us right standing with God. That's grace, grace's first work, is to give me right standing with God. And what does grace do? Grace gives you access to what? People and places. Always remember that. Because when I first got born again, I was standing in his righteousness, and that righteousness was giving me access to business deals and people I'd never met before. So verse 1 says, grace gives us access to the throne of God. That's first grace. It gives us access to the throne of God. That we can come boldly, and this is Hebrews 4.16, come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy for our failures. How many times have I messed up and just didn't want to face God at all? 
You know what I mean? I just wanted to cow down and crawl into the bed or something. But he's saying, come boldly to the throne. Boldly to the throne. Don't come weeping, weak, crying. You got to come bold as a lion to the throne of God. And he said, you'll find grace, grace to help in good times. And in everything you need, in everything you need, there will be well-timed help. I love that. Well-timed help. Coming just when you need it. Coming just when you need it. So right standing gives us a position with God to come boldly to the throne of grace. This is the first work of grace. Now, verse 2 says, Through him we also have access into the grace that I'm standing in. So I'm standing in grace, but I haven't accessed grace. The first work of grace is to get you from the kingdom of darkness and convey you into the kingdom of light. Amen? That's the grace that carried you. Y'all remember that? How quick it happened, how easy it was. Come up here, Carrie. Come up here, Daniel. I want to give him a little picture here. I want to, I want to put Daniel over there because he's bigger than Carrie's here. This is, this is grace being established in righteousness. Amen. He's small, but he's got a lot of power. That's the glorious bride, all grown up. Now, in between these two, character is developed. I cannot get to there until my character is developed, until my transformation happens. And it's amazing to me, even our own ministry, that some people don't hardly ever get into the Word. You know how I know? Because I can see their face. You can see it on them. Character developed. The outcome of this character, I'm going to think like God, I'm going to feel like God does, and I'm going to behave like God, and He's going to clothe me with the glory now. Amen? Y'all can sit down. So standing in grace, one spirit with Him, this is the first grace, the new position in life, the temple of God. The glorious bride living from the third heaven, that's how you know that you have become a bride, that you can't think any other way than the way the third heaven thinks and does. If you still got fear coming in you, then we're still operating out of the second heaven. Or anger, or frustration, any of these things. That's the opposite of peace. We're still in the second heaven. We're trying to make our way through. But you'll never get through it until you get in that word. And God reveals a word to you that's going to pierce that second heaven. It's amazing. We can pierce the second heaven with our worship, but can't sustain it. Revelation is the only thing that's going to uphold the glory. Is revelation. God revealing himself. 
doing and saying only what the Father is saying. So while God is establishing character, while God is establishing character, follow me with this, verse 2 says, let us rejoice and exalt in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. So he's saying we can rejoice. It's already in us while I'm going through hell. Because I have this hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. We can experience the glory of God in this place, but we can't enjoy it because it's just a visitation. I enjoy the glory of God all the time. When I go out this door, I'm enjoying it. So we have a vision here that gives us hope of experiencing God's glory and enjoying it before we experience it. That's our hope. So through him, that means, catch this, he says through him we have access. It means through revelation. We also have access. Access means an entrance into the grace that we stand in. Isn't that cool? So revelation is giving you an entrance only into the grace you stand. I can come into this room and be standing in this room and not have the power to go back there to the sound booth and enjoy something in the sound booth. That's where most of the body of Christ is. They're in, they're in right standing and justification, but they haven't accessed the grace that's going to maintain the glory and sustain the glory on their life. So through him, we also have access and entrance into the grace of which we're standing. That means standing in the room, I can't move. I can't touch anything. Because if I touched it, I would probably die. Because everything that we're called to is holy. Every inheritance that is ours is holy. Whether it's a wife, whether it's a husband, whether it's a thing, God will never give it to you until you're holy. And holy means what? Separated. It don't mean no makeup. Don't cut your hair. It don't mean those things. Holy means separated from sin. Separated from sin. So to move from the church age to the kingdom age, and this is very important to move from the church age, because I know a lot of people in this ministry still haven't accessed the grace. Because every time the revelation comes, the devil shows up, and they yield to the devil instead of the revelation. And that entrance just got open when God shut it so it could be, be protected. I'm not saying it's going to open again, it will open again. To move from the church age to the kingdom age, we have to access the grace that we're standing in. What gives access to the grace we're standing in? What gives me access to the grace I'm standing in? And what is this grace? 
The thing that gives us access to the grace is obedience. Obedience to the revelation. Obedience to the revelation. What revelation is giving you access to? Is the blessings of Abraham. Revelation is giving you access into the inheritance of the blessings of Abraham. The church age will never experience the blessings of Abraham. The only one that's going to be experiencing the blessings of Abraham is the washed bride. And the blessings of Abraham is manifold. He said he'd give you a great name. That means you have authority. If somebody hears your name, they go, he's got authority. He said that you would be a blessing. That you'd be blessed so much that you would be a blessing. And it goes on and on and on in Genesis. So grace operates in a twofold work to establish the temple of God and the bride of Christ. So the second work of grace is to establish the bride in her inheritance. Now, Romans, can you read Romans 6.14? Now, this is very interesting because there's a grace that's in us and there's a grace over us. And she's going to read it in, in this verse, Romans 6.14. A grace in us. This is a twofold work of grace. For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you, since now you are not under law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. I love that verse. You are subject to God's favor and mercy because grace is over you. Now, grace that's in me established the temple of God. The grace that's over me establishes the kingdom of God. Obedience releases grace. So I'm under. Obedience releases the grace I'm under. So when I obey the revelation, that grace descends on me. And I have a kingdom experience. You know, on the spot visions, you see the light, the truth, and love coming towards you. That's the grace that has descended because revelation has come to you. And that, that grace has already descended from heaven. And as soon as it gets near to you, somebody says something and triggers these defenses and it pushes the grace back. So, in between standing in grace, and the glorious bride is access into the grace that we stand. So revelation is the character builder. Revelation is building character. Revelation is current truth. Current truth. Character gives me access into the glory. We come into the glory on glory night here, and sometimes on, on other services, God comes down because of the worship. But he's just visiting. He doesn't stay. He might stay with some of us. I know he stays with me. Because I'm at perfect peace. 
Regardless of what happens, I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to be content. Discontentment is a sign that you're still in the church age. Until you become content with whatever God has given you, you'll never get any more. Paul was in the glory. Paul was in the glory. That's why he said, hey, I can be content with nothing. I can be content with a lot and everything. I will be content. So character sustains the glory round. Now let's read verse 3 for me, Romans. No. Go back to Romans 5.3. Romans 5.3. I want you all to study these out. I want you to meditate on these scriptures. Because listen, if you are writing anything down, that's something being revealed to you. Okay, God is opening up an entrance for you. For grace to descend and move you into a kingdom experience. Go ahead, Kim. Moreover, let us also be full of joy oh, now. Oh, right there. Look at that. Let us be full of joy now. We haven't received yet. So it tells me joy is in us. And we can be full of it. Now. Go ahead. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Wow. Let us be full of joy. Why? Because revelation that you had received is going to raise the devil's head. And the only thing that can destroy the devil is your joy. I was, I was teaching somebody yesterday, I believe it was. I said, tell me how you resist the devil. Remember it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. How do you resist the devil? I was going to tell him something like, you know, your faith resists the devil. But then all of a sudden, Jesus spoke to me. And he said, Gene, this is how you resist the devil. In good works. The devil couldn't touch Jesus because Jesus went about doing good works. So when all hell's breaking loose in your life, we get so focused on ourselves, we should be doing something for somebody else. Get out of yourself. That's how you resist the devil. Woe is me. <laughs> I'm going through hell. Now make sure you go through it. Don't stay in it. Resist the devil. Go do, do something good for somebody. I told these people, that I said, go cut somebody's grass. Go wash somebody's car. Do something good for somebody. When you're in your trial, that's how you resist the devil. But it says, because of the revelation, Satan has rose his head to bring trouble, to bring affliction, and to bring hardship. But we know that all these are producing patience and endurance. For what? Let's look at uh, verse 4 and 5. Read verse 4 and 5. For what? And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character. Oh, there it is. There it is. Now you know how to build this character. Go ahead, Jim. Approved faith and integrity and character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope 
of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Wow. So endurance, unswerving endurance. That means you've got to stay focused. Develops and matures character. It's developing the revelation that you receive. Patience and endurance is developing the revelation that you had received. And what does patience do for us? What does patience do? It exposes deception. I'm the most patient guy in the world now because I know how it works. If patience, if patience is on me, I know when it comes on me. Then I know there's a deceiver around me somewhere. Because that patience is going to expose me. Because of the grace of God that has been poured out into your cardia. See, God is trying to get the grace that's on you to marry up with the grace that's in you. So the grace that's in you is in your spirit trying to pour itself out into your cardia, the soul. So when it gets up here and the grace descends on you, then you just had a kingdom experience and went to another statue in Christ. And you can't go from glory to glory without experiencing the blessings that's in the glory. They're married. You can't separate them. They're married. So character moves you from a temple mindset to a slave mindset to a kingdom mindset and then to a glory mindset. Isn't that awesome? That's why it's so important to stay in that word. Stay in the word. And I said earlier, the glory mindset is the mind of Christ. It is the mind of Christ. Character must be developed with patience and precision focus. When you get in that trial, that doorway of change, man, you got to get your patience and your precision focus on. Don't turn to the right or to the left. That means whoever's coming up to your side, don't turn to them. Because the enemy's about to speak through them to get you to turn to them. Now you're in a war. Because they don't come to say they love you in your trial. When they come love you is in the temptation. They come like an angel of light. That devil works through the body of Christ. Amazing that works through the body of Christ. It still amazes me. So we have to surrender to God and allow him to build our character. Our character. Our character is what's standing in the gap between the blessings of the temple and the blessings of Abraham. You know, when you got born again, God started blessing you, right? Y'all remember that? As soon as you got born again, you started getting favors and blessings, and it was for a season, all this kind of stuff, and then all hell started breaking loose, everything started going wrong. 
because God wanted to build his character in you so that you could transition into the blessings of Abraham. And the blessings of Abraham, you, you're not in any want. There's no lack. So this new season that we're entering into requires change. If you don't, you will repeat the past every time. He said some will be left behind. That means next year, while the rest have gone ahead and got this thing right, you'll be coming into this place with the same mindset that you had last year. So transform means to change form. Change form. This is, all this is happening in the trial. All this is happening on that doorway of change. God's trying to transform you. He's trying to change your form. And then the renewing takes place. All this is, is activated in that doorway of change, that trial. Renewing means to change from the old to the new. Change from the old to the new. And these two equal total change. They equal total change. We have to have a total change, not just a partial change. We, God is looking for total change. Transformed into his image. Renewed into his likeness. And changed into his glory. Any questions? Isn't that good? The Lord did a good job on that. Thank you, Lord. Any questions? Because this mega cycle has already been released. It's already been released. And this is the fourth wave of the Holy Spirit. This year is going to be awesome. And listen, you will never be able to do this by yourself. We got to band together. We got to band together. We can't be irritated with each other. Frustrated with each other. We've got to band together. That's the only way it's going to work. If I offend you, don't receive it. You have a choice to receive it. And God uses me a lot in that area. <laughs> and I don't even know it half the time, but, you know, the apostolic is called to challenge your mind. Lots of them. And teach. Praise the Lord. Okay. Any questions? Did y'all get this? I don't want y'all to miss it. I wish the rest of the crew were here, but they need to get the CD if you got it re recorded. Because I don't want them to miss it. Amen. So, no questions? Y'all got it? Very progressive. Very complete. Very progressive. Cool. So I want you to identify where you are. Because next sonship, remind me of this, Lee, next sonship, the ones that are in here, I want you to tell me where you are on that level of glory. No, right here. So take a picture with your phone. I, I, I don't want you to tell me that you have visited that area. <laughs> I want you to tell me that you're living in it. 
All right? Living in it. So take a picture and tell me. Because I need to know how to build you. I've got to build you. I, I move from building buildings to building people. So, you know, I need to know where you are. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Saturday night's going to be awesome. So y'all will be here Saturday night, those who can come. Got anything, Gary? Yeah? Oh, you got it? Okay. Gary's preaching. Mm. <laughs> We're trying to get a, a worship team together.